Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, Sal. We just had our third interview or conversation, a word I prefer, with another cast member from Cobra Kai. Yes. I mean, I I could definitely say, right, a official bad guy. (laughs) We we got our first bad guy. Our first bully. Oh, big time excited to have Kyler on the show. Yes. We have Joe Sewell, who plays Kyler. And I caught up with him the other day, and he was absolutely wonderful. He gave me more than an hour of his time, and we went through all sorts of things. I mean, Joe has some acting credits. I mean, this isn't his first thing. So it was fun to kind of explore his filmography and just so many other things and just a wonderful time. Great actor, and I'm excited to see where his career goes. I think he's on his way to a very, very bright future. Yeah, it's almost like as intense as his role as Kyler is, the roles he's done previously in other projects. I mean, this guy's a serious actor. He's he's done some serious drama. Yes, he has. And we get into that. And it's true. And playing a role like this, you get to try different things. You get to be a bully. It's exciting. And you get to own that and do the best job you can on it. But absolutely, he's done some heavy things. He also was in some big movies working with some big names such as Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Hillary Swank, two-time Oscar winner, and so many others. And so we get into a lot of that, which is super exciting, as well as his role as Kyler. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear all about it. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is our conversation with Joe Sewell, who plays Kyler. Joe, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Definitely an honor as well. And I know we had planned this and it was already in motion to do this interview. And then lo and behold, I see you on the trailer for season three of Cobra Kai. So I'm even more elated to see that they brought you back. I know, me too. Definitely season two was a bummer for me. I was like, oh man, I wish I was in it. But you know what? They were on summer break. And the producers and the writers, they told me that Kyler was still in the universe. Uh, the Cobra Kai universe. So um, don't be too like, you know, bummed. But now that they're going back to school in season three, you'll see Kyler. And uh, I'm super stoked. Yeah, I just can't wait to see how he instigates even more. You know, <laughs> get, you know what I mean? I do know <laughs> what like you mean. the main instigator. Oh my gosh. Well, and not to get into season three spoilers, but what did you think Joe, when you saw Netflix take over Cobra Kai and then kind of launch it to a much wider audience. I thought it would get bigger because YouTube Red was fairly new uh, as a medium. But then once it jumped to Netflix, I didn't expect this tidal wave to happen, honestly. Um, I don't think anyone really expected this great reception that we've had, and especially to all the fans that re-watched it <laughs> right. since you know watching it from YouTube Red. It's amazing. The reception was is amazing. Um, I still get hate mail, so I know we did it right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been unreal. Like, definitely, it's been unreal. Like, um, for everyone in the cast, it's it blew up. It's so true. I was telling so many friends about it, and most of my friends have kids. So what happens mm-hmm. is the younger generations into it, and they're like, "Wait, there's a movie called The Karate Kid." So it's such an interesting <laughs> crossover, you know, generational type of show. And Netflix was the right partner to just blow it up, as you said. Yeah, I mean, we knew like it had the most subscribers and everything. Yeah, they had to prove themselves, and they had a great show. And these filmmakers, these creators, obviously, they have a great 
great track record. They have a great sensibility to the original trilogy. And I'm telling you, this is the first time I've ever seen a hit movie trilogy franchise then get reconfigured into a hit show. I, I don't know of any other time this has happened. No, it hasn't. And it all, it all stems from the producers and the writers. Um, Josh, John, and Hayden, they were fans of the original. So because they were fans and they were so meticulously involved with dissecting the story, it, it all makes sense and it all comes together. And from for the audience perspective and for the other fans perspective it, it doesn't disappoint you know what i mean because no i'm a fan yeah. i saw the original movie in 84 so i would have been 13 i was the perfect age for it but on that note how about you you're much younger than i am and did you have a love affair or a connection with the original movie not at all i never watched it uh <laughs> i actually had to watch it and um Yes, uh, I had to know where this story was coming from. So it's definitely fun. I was like, whoa, Johnny, dude, he, he looks the same, but he got a little bit older. Daniel, oh my gosh, he looks the same. He does but look the same. It's crazy. He, he looks a little bit like, yeah. And to see these legendary figures, iconic figures like, you know, Ralph and, you know, Billy on set, it's, it's humbling, number one. Number two, you get to learn so much from them and, to me, that's amazing. I wish Pat was with us as well because oh, I think that will have been so much fun. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, it's just fun working with them. You just soak in so much. Yeah, Ralph Macho was such a childhood actor in his own right that he probably helps you guys and shares things. And he just seems like a very genuine person. I don't know him yet. No, they, you're right. Billy's super down to earth and Ralph as well. Really nice guys. Just it's a testament to their career length in Hollywood. You yeah. know, they wouldn't be getting work if they were not. That's true. You get what I'm saying? So when you finally did see it, was it because you were casting Cobra Kai by then? Is that you said, oh, I got to do my homework. I better watch the original part two, part three. Is that what you did? Yes. Yes. After I got it, I was like, okay, let's look this up. I definitely know the references, but I never, yeah, I had to pay more attention, I guess. Did you enjoy the trilogy? At least the original, which I think is by far the greatest of all of them. Oh, yeah. Definitely the original was was the best. But it was it was fun. Definitely. It was fun. We all watched it as a cast, too. Like Oh, cool. Like a screening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For fun. And we're just like, oh, my gosh. Look how young Ralph looks. <laughs> so it's definitely fun. It's amazing to see this story flourish in this manner and... Like all the little details like they put in, it's quite amazing. Like, you know, wax on what, you know, like that thing. Like, how, how do you want me to paint this? Like, I don't give a fuck. Just paint it whatever. I'm like, it's brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> just brilliant. Um, yeah, just little things like that. It's just, I think for all the fans that are, that want that nostalgia, it, it does it right. Yeah. It, they, they crossed out all the T's and they dotted the I's for everything. They, so. they sure did. So just to be clear, because we didn't talk about it up the top, but you play Kyler and you were in seven episodes of season one. Yes. And you, of all people, played the bully, kind of Johnny Lawrence's role from the original film. Right. But I would also right. credit Kyler for getting Cobra Kai Dojo back open because of your bullying <laughs> led to all these series You're of events. You're welcome, Cobra Kai fans. <laughs> yeah, it all You're goes welcome. back to Kyler. You should love Kyler. <laughs> it should be Team Kyler all the way. That's what I'm talking about. 
I started this. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for me, Johnny wouldn't have gone off his ass. No, no. He would have been eating that pizza. He would have just been, he enjoyed that pizza at the liquor store. But um, it's actually really cool. It was an honor to take the first hit from Johnny. And I even told him that. I told him literally, like, even before I seen the fight scene at the liquor store, I was like, you know what? It's an honor to take this hit from you for the first <laughs> time in like, I don't know, 20 years or something that he's ever stretched out his legs. That's right. And he pulled <laughs> so something. Like, yeah, that's so yeah, good. Yeah, like he told me, dude, this is going to be awesome. Like he even said like, you know, this brings back memories and he's just really happy about it. And to me, I was just so honored, I guess, you know, just working with him, like the whole action sequence and everything, even with the stunts, like Hiro-san, they, that team is incredible. And they made that scene look legendary. Oh, it was great. It had to be fun, Joe, to bounce around with your buddies and just play a bully. I mean, it had to be kind of fun. It's very different from my personality. So um, I can imagine. As an, <laughs> yeah, just as an actor, you do want to diversify your, oh, I want to. I want to play all kinds of roles. Yeah, this is just a once in a lifetime chance to play an Asian bully, you know, Asian American bully. And to me, that's, it was incredible. Um, I jumped at that opportunity and yeah, it, it was definitely challenging, but it was, it's fun is because like all the reservations that normal people go through in society, they kind of let you go, go for it, you know, do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> And um, these directors and the screenwriters, they they actually gave me that freedom to play however I wanted it, um, as stupid or crazy I wanted for Kyler. So it was definitely fun. Well, do you have any background in martial arts by chance? I do. Um, I actually studied it when I was in junior high and elementary school because of my parents. I, I know it's so stereotypical, but... Um, yeah, we, I did all that, went to summer camps. Was it Taekwondo or Hapkido or was it, what was the, uh, I actually did something called Taekyun, oh, okay. which is a little bit different. Um, but I also did Tai Chi. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's fun to go back, but I'm, I'm like, I, <laughs> I haven't touched that for like forever. Until now. Yeah. And now you're being forced to, to do it again. Well, because I could tell I practice some martial arts and I thought, well, Kyler has got some moves, although he's not really in the Cobra Kai dojo yet, air quotes, because uh, season three, we don't know. We do spot you in the mm -hmm. Cobra Kai dojo, in the belly of the beast, if you will. But I could tell like you had some moves. You weren't just some novice. Kyler was probably a little cocky. He probably thought he knew more than he did. He ran up against someone who was who could best him like uh, Johnny. But I could tell that you probably had some background in it to some degree. Yeah. But like I said, uh, this is probably the worst bully ever in history <laughs> of film because he gets killed by everybody. You know what I mean? You can't discredit Martin Cove, uh, Sensei Kreese, because that's a pretty good bully as well. Right, 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 right. Yeah, like I've seen, I've never seen this type of bully get beat up this bad <laughs> true. in a show all the time. You know what I mean? I've never seen Kyler win. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, but it's definitely like I think it adds art to 
the protagonists in this film, you know, like for people to cheer Miguel on and yeah. cheer Johnny on. So it's, I love it. Uh, I love Fanny that flame. I got to say the show really has done some interesting things too. Like Robbie's character at first, you're thinking, oh, here's another bully. I don't like this guy. And then, you know, after a season, you're rooting on Robbie and you're torn. So this show, yeah. I'm expecting the unexpected. I could see Kyler becoming someone we do root on. I wouldn't put anything past these guys, these creators. Yeah. The creators, they, they do a good job in bringing layers to every character and it just, it makes it more real. So like, even when I read this, it wasn't too cheesy, you know, like it had good solid moments and just like in everyday life, you know, every, not everyone is good. Nobody is good. You know, no one's perfect. Yeah. There's always a dark side to everybody. And I think this, you know, this series brings that out in all these characters that they all have flaws that they all could turn one way and the other, you know, so it definitely plays with emotions. And um, I wish season three, people would see it uh, just develop even more, you know, people could see that these characters could develop even more, but credit to all the writers. They're, they're brilliant. I'm excited for not only season three, but season four. And I've talked about this on the podcast with Sal, my co-host. I've said, I wouldn't be surprised in the future if this spawned spinoffs and other movies. You just never know what can happen because right now they've got a hot property here and it's not cheesy. It's hitting all the right notes. Well, the possibilities are endless. I agree. I agree. They have tons of great characters in the show. Um, I just there's not enough time to develop everybody. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, the show could go on, yeah. um, but it's definitely, I'm, I'm so happy for all the fans. Like they're the ones that do cheer us on. They're the ones, even though, you know, like we don't get too much airtime for every character because of the number of characters on the show, they still cheer us on to like actually try harder or make our like five minutes grand. So to me, it, you know, credit to all the people that, watch the show, love it, dissect it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pretty crazy. Yeah. It's true. And I always say this, Joe, in all the art that I've done, the documentaries I've produced, but leave the audience wanting more rather than overwhelm them. So this is an ensemble piece. Yeah, a little bit of Kyler here, a little bit of Hawk here. Make them want more. They'll keep coming back. So I, I love the balance that they have crafted here. So Absolutely. what about friendships? I know the show starts, well, we come into Kyler and you're dating Sam and there's this romance. Kind of reminds me of Johnny and Allie was it was flaming out in the Karate Kid and then the new guy comes in. But what are your friendships? I mean, you're about the same age with some of the other cast members. Did you guys form a bond or was it also like the movie Animal House? I've talked to John Landis about it and, and read books as well, where he kept like the guys apart, the, uh, the two groups of people, like the partiers and the college people, and they form this like click. Did they do that on well, set? I didn't know that. Um, no, no, they did not do that on set. Um, we're all great friends, like, like almost brother-like, like, um, Offset, onset, doesn't matter. Like when we play a role, we play a role. Yeah, I, I, I hang out with them even like now, you know, like we go out to get stuff to eat. Um, it's just just an everyday thing. We all hang out. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it just, I don't think there's anyone that's like, I'm, on, I'm the shit or anything like that. There's nothing like that. No, I don't get that sense from anybody. Maybe Kyler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you got to blow fans' minds if they see you and Miguel and Sam walking down the street. Like, you have to have that more recognition now due to Netflix. We do get noticed a bit more, but 
we still hang out. I mean, it doesn't matter if people say hi, we say hi, you know, it's not like. That's really great. Probably makes being on set a lot more fun. And what's it like? I know you live in Los Angeles as well, but what's it like filming in Atlanta? It's different. It's, it's, it's <laughs> to say it's the least. Sticky. <laughs> it's sticky during the summer and the winter is freaking cold. Uh, but it's cool. I mean, Atlanta has its charm. I'm, I'm really happy with the hospitality in Atlanta. Uh, it was, yeah, the reception there is great as well. Some of the people that were on set are Atlanta natives. So they're all sweet people. And, um, for us to film over there, it's actually, it's actually cool. I think it kind of helps people who've always lived in LA or California to actually broaden their sights on a different culture within America. You get what I mean? So, well, probably makes you guys come together even more. You guys are fish out of water there. So then the whole Cobra Kai clan just kind of really gets to know each other. You're not going home to your places in LA when you're shooting. So it's probably good. The location person in me, because I love locations, I'll drive around California and like, oh, there's that house or that's just where that was filmed. I'm so, I love that stuff, the landmarks, if you will. And that's one thing. It's like when I'm watching the show, they still do some scenes, some exteriors in Los Angeles, as you know, but I love the original movie. It's like, oh, there's Ali's house in the Encino Hills and there's this. I used to go by Miyagi's house and they, well, they tore it down, but you see the South Seas where Danielson grew up. So the purest in me wishes it was all shot in Los Angeles, but I understand how things are. Of course. I mean, if we had more tax breaks and stuff <laughs> right. for people to film here, I think definitely people will film, film here, but yeah, the laws are a bit different here. And, um, but we do try to cheat it as much as possible. So people could still feel like, Oh yeah, I could see that being in the Valley. Yeah. Like a strip mall. You know what I mean? Totally. So like, I know they shoot a lot of exteriors here as well. And it hopefully doesn't, take away too much from the essence of the you know the series but i'm sure purists such as yourself would be a little bit disappointed oh i wish that was really the beach you know like i'm over it i'm not gonna discredit <laughs> the show by any means it's just like oh yeah maybe a couple more scenes as the show gets bigger you know wind up at golf and stuff at some point in time take everybody to golf and stuff in the valley and like have just drop in a couple of those things but uh, yeah, yeah. it's a great show no matter where they shoot it. It doesn't matter to me. But <laughs> I want to transition for a second just to hit on some of your, just some of your filmography, if you will, leading up to you becoming Kyler on Cobra Kai. Okay. Let's start at the top. You were in Gridiron Gang in 2006 with one Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and you played Choi, I believe. Yeah. And I didn't, I never saw this movie, but I do love the director, Phil Gianu, who did a lot of YouTube music videos, Three O'Clock High, an incredible movie about bullying. If you haven't seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. It's, it's great comedy, great director. So what was that experience like? It's your first movie and it's kind of a big movie. Yeah. Uh, I got to work with The Rock and Exhibit. Can't ask for more, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm done. No, uh, no but they, uh, it's when I was like starting off, I was like a kid. And um, it was fun. It was definitely fun. That's where I first like got the break to become an actor. Like I, cause Asian Americans, we grew up in a really, you know, like um, I would say conservative family, you know, like you don't go into the arts, like you, unless you want to go like homeless, you know what I mean? Like yes. this, yeah. that's, it's, it's like that. So 
you know, like I just went out on my own, did it, and I was able to get that opportunity. And Phil Joano, the director of that film, uh, he was really just meticulous. He's like a general. Yeah. Just bah, bah, bah. It was a really different set, completely different set than what we have at Cobra Kai. Um, but definitely, you know, you learn a lot, you know, like also like learning from, you know, Dwayne, he's, he's a great guy. He's just a great guy. And I'm to see like from him, from getting from there to what he is now, it's, it's a great story. And I would love to work with him again and see how he has like developed as an actor. Yeah. It's amazing. And like, I would love to be at his level someday and just work with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I was able to touch one of my heroes in in real life. So that's kind of cool. And yeah, it's, it was definitely a cool experience. Like you get to learn a lot, even with those small camera time. I, I was just like an extra. Well, it set you on your way. What a great way to get going. You probably needed that to propel you forward. So you learn so much. You, these, these professionals in these, in these films and yeah, you, they are there for a reason and you see it, like you, you get to learn, you soak it up and like, Oh, okay. Thank you to those big guys for being there and being humble enough to reach out. All right. So moving on to another movie and we'll rapid fire through a few of these. If you have anything you want to add, we'll explore it. So then I saw Freedom Riders, 2007, Hillary Swank's movie, and you played a gang member. Yeah. How was yeah, that? I was a gang member. It was fun. Yeah. It's, it's Hillary Swank. Gosh, Academy Award winning Hillary Swank, yeah. right? So Two Oscars. Um, amazing so by far the best actor that i've ever as an actor yeah to work with by far the most i've ever soaked up wow was through hillary swank and she was a definition of what um like professional like serious professional like her art you know she was super just on point with her art and to me, that's something that, yeah, I to this day, it motivates me to be just as good or even better, you know, like just to keep going, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I remember like on set, she she was going through like this emotional scene where she's talking to one of the students. Um, it was from like, literally, she was happy one second, and then she had to be like, no, just be emotional, tearing up. And it just that arc, they did like three, four takes. Yeah, she hit it every single take. Wow! And I was just like, dude, she is freaking good. Um, and also, what I learned later on is that, yeah, unfortunately, she was going through a divorce. Right. So like, we did not know anything about that. You know, like where when we were on set, we always knew her as. She's this happy, amazing lady. Yeah. And for her to go through that, like on, like in her real life, and then just switch it off for work, I think that's just a different level. She's a professional. Yeah, she's a consummate pro. She was dealing with the divorce. I think it was Chad Lowe, if I'm not mistaken. She was so extraordinary in movies like Boys Don't Cry and Million Dollar Baby, in which she won an Oscar in each. She's incredible in other movies. And let's go back one step further. This is the Six Degrees of Separation, Joe. She was in The Next Karate Kid. 
So there's your tie in. You were you were bound to go down this path at some point in time. Which is awesome. Um yeah, I was just like a a little kid during those times and to film them when they were like so huge and big and like yeah I just now that I'm a bit older, I wish I could like spend more time on film just for, like you know, just working with them, yeah. like Dwayne, Hillary. Like all those guys, um, it's it'll be different for me, definitely, but it'll be heartwarming. And um, yeah, I wish we could work together. It may just happen. So keep doing what you're doing, buddy. <laughs> you're on the right path. Thank you. And then let's go to Message from the King 2016. And you played in this Netflix movie that unfortunately, Chadwick Boseman passed away rest in peace yeah way too young but you played sam and so was this like the biggest thing you've done at this point in time um yeah it's one of the biggest stuff that i've done like i worked overseas as well uh so but this was huge because i got to work with chadwick um wow yeah chad he he's just there's a lot of things that he told me like when we were working together and uh i'll just take that to heart i'm not gonna say it but um it's yeah, he's just a stand-up guy. He's also from LA. Yeah, he he inspired me a lot. Like to don't just like wait for opportunity, but to make your own opportunities. And he's just a lot of insp- inspirational things that he told me. Um, wow. Yeah, I feel kind of gutted that he's away. You know. Yeah. No, my gosh. I mean, his career, although he had hit some heights, of course, Black Panther, but I would think that his career was really just taking off. And we lost a great actor far, far too young. And amazing you got to work with him. You have really had some incredible mentors along this short journey, I would say, that you've been on. But I mean, even Cobra Kai, look who you've surrounded yourself with. It's like, man, gosh, Joe is in great company. This is really where you're supposed to be. This is the path that you should be on. Yeah, definitely feel blessed. Definitely. It's not just because, you know, luck. And I'm just like, yeah, I feel like, you know, there's a bigger, higher power that helps me out. And um, definitely, I don't take any of these experiences for granted and um yeah working with these legendary figures is is great but then i do want to keep you know working on myself and um trying to get into great shows just as well and make my own footprints well in 2016 same year you were the lead in this movie i guess independent movie called spa night you played david Cho. Yes. so yes. i mean you went from all these things led you to this leading part in this indie film so I mean, tell me about that. Yeah, that was one of the hardest roles that I had to take. Um, it's it dove into a lot of emotion, a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that comes out into that film. The reason why this film was so important is because for the f- almost for the first time, like we got to see an Asian American family on the screen. Like Joy Luck Club was there before, you know, like stuff like that, but. I think this is like an actual Asian American, like, you know, American film and to see it being portrayed this way. uh, Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, I read the script that Andrew wrote. Uh, He was the director of spa night and he wrote this beautiful story about a coming of age and also just the different types of small little dramas that this character has to take 
in order to express himself. And um, I thought it was really tastefully done. The art in that project was, oh my gosh, it, it could have been a billion, a million dollar film, wow. like millions of dollar film. Like the art, like I thought it was really well done. So like with something that money really can't buy, you have to be creative. Yeah. And I think he did that. And um, Kijin, the, the DP, he also made that happen. His selected shots were just amazing. And through that, I was able to go to Sundance. And wow. that's just another, you know, like yeah. it might be independent film, but to me, this was a high budgeted film in a sense, like, because man, you get to go to Sundance. It went so much, so many accolades as well. And that's just a testament to the people that actually wrote the story, like Andrew and uh, his expression. I think he des definitely deserves a bigger platform to create more films um, because his, his vision is completely different than, tons of other people in Hollywood right now. And I think that's someone who is definitely needed. And listen, having produced and directed 10 independent films, mm -hmm. independent is not a slight on a movie. It can be a, an incredible film. It doesn't matter the size of the budget. If you have the team and the vision and the wherewithal. So congrats to you guys for making it to Sundance. And I'm sure you made it to many, if you got into Sundance, you played a lot of festivals. I know that. Oh yeah. Yeah, we won awards at Sundance, which followed up with awards in other festivals as well. And through that, I was able to travel to other places that I've never been to. And So great. Yeah, so Spawnite was amazing. And that probably pushed you on your way too. I'm, I'm sure that did not hurt for you to land a role in Cobra Kai either. You had been a lead, you'd been in other movies. Well, I have to say that you're doing something very smart in your relationship building with some of these directors, because guess what happens? And I know this from being in the industry longer than you, being a little bit older, but you build these relationships and when they need that person for that role, you've already got this, this director's already has you in their mind. So there's probably going to be some residual effects because of some of this. So you're doing it the right way. Uh, well, I hope so. I hope so. Um, and hopefully I do a good enough job for them to remember yeah, that's all I could hope for, right? Is just for me to keep developing and keep getting um, more work. And that's what I'm hoping for as well. And it doesn't always have to be just an amazing American role. It could be like any role. Uh, hopefully I could just, you know, go in there and, yeah, satisfy uh, what the directors had in mind. Absolutely. Well, now to bring it back to Cobra Kai. And by the way, they remembered you enough to bring you back for season three of Cobra Kai. So this is a step in the right direction. I'm grateful. I'm super grateful. And yeah, I just wish I could be a bigger dick. Yeah. You know, like make a bigger <laughs> impact. Like that's 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 my goal. Like I wanna like if if they if they want Kyler in there, I'm gonna make sure you'll see Kyler. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'll try to bring it every time. So I wanna go through just a couple of scenes, memorable scenes from Kyler on Cobra Kai. So a couple of things here. Tell me about the pool party at the LaRussas, the ill-advised, unauthorized pool party that Samantha throws. But that looks like a fun shoot. It reminded me of when I was in high school or college, like, oh yeah, that looks like a fun day. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a fun shoot. Um, it was kind of cold though that day. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, there were moments like when stunt guys were doing crazy flips and stuff in the pool. And Oh yeah. Um, yeah, definitely fun. Um, I'm glad it came out well. It came out better than what I had envisioned. So credit to the directors. Sure. Here they are again. Was the pool not heated? 
it was kind of it was kind of warm, but there's a lot of moments where we had to go in and then come out, oh. which makes it even worse. <laughs> it's the worst. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. Um, it was fun. Definitely worth it. Because it came out well. It did. And I also love the fact that everybody was borrowing Daniel's swimming trunks. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, that's kind of gross. But everybody was borrowing them. Especially Brooks. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, man. This, and he got the tightest shorts, period. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So funny. He's such a great character. So we talked about the fight with Johnny. But what about the fight in the cafeteria that goes viral? When Miguel finally has that aha moment that he can do these things, kind of like a born film, and all this kind of muscle memory kicks in. But that was a super well choreographed and well executed fight scene. Yeah. Credit goes to Hiro-san <laughs> and the team. It's and Janelle. Uh, they are they're a power couple. I, I just say they're a power couple because they just dish out great choreography it makes it it makes everything so fun um yeah they're brilliant the writers are brilliant and that's why you get this brilliant show i feel like and without them cobra kai wouldn't really exist that wouldn't work probably no so like uh like even the cafeteria scene it was envisioned by them and it, it was definitely fun and um i don't know if anyone knows this but miguel Sholo actually really hit me in the face. Really? Yeah, he really punched me in the face. Oh, so wow. like, um, it was definitely fun. Was that by accident? Yeah, of course. Well, Sal and I looked for that, and he's kind of a fight expert as well. So we're, I'm like, where was the stunt person here? And I got to say, they do an incredible... If there are some stunts, that it's seamless. It, it is. And then you just divulge that you're actually getting hit sometimes. So Because it looks super authentic for me, a viewer. Yeah, it was authentic for me. I hit the table. I I did all that. Wow. Uh, it was fun. Um, I grabbed Sholo by the shirt, <laughs> dragged him around. Yeah, there's some parts that were a little bit left out, but yeah, shoot, they got all of it. So well, it was kind of cool. Great job. And you're crediting them, and I'm also going to credit you and the other actors as well, because you have to perform those stunts to make it real. And it was. And so very memorable indeed. Thank you so much. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm glad the fans liked it too, because... That's kind of what started all the action sequences afterwards as well. Like in season two, you know, the long uh, action sequence as well. Oh, yeah. So they kind of, they kind of wanted to go, okay, here's a cafeteria, which starts it. And then let's go on with it. Well, they, they went big in the finale. <laughs> I mean, You'll see in season three. So you're saying the stakes keep getting raised. You know, you know, they, they have to. It's Hiro-san. He's not going to let you down. I have much faith. So here's a scene that's a much more intimate, smaller scene, but I always found it funny, Joe. And it's when you have dinner with the LaRussos. There was just something about that sequence. <laughs> it was just so brilliant. You know, you're like, talking about a fish yeah. out of water. First of all, I think Daniel assumes you're Japanese because it's like, hey, no, you like sushi. And, and well, <laughs> just Asians in general, like we love sushi, right? That was a 1,000% acting because I love sushi. Cause yes, who doesn't though? I, I love sushi. I love sashimi more than sushi. I don't like rice in my soup. You know, I'd rather have just sashimi straight up. I even took the, the Toro after the shoot. I actually took it home and ate it. Really? Heck yeah, because shoot, it's prime Toro. Oh, man. But anyway. <laughs> but Kyler did not like that. He's a fish stick no, type yeah, of I'm guy. A fish stick guy. <laughs> uh, Kyler is a fish stick dude. He, he likes the bougie stuff, you know what I mean? He likes Alaskan cod, yes. you know, beer battered. 
And then I like that uh, Daniel was like, well, where are your parents from? Thinking they're from the old country. And what did you say? Which is so great. Uh, I think they're from Irvine. <laughs> That's so funny. He nailed it. And it was hilarious because Danny was just so disappointed. Like, oh, man, I'm just not connecting with this guy. Great, great dinner <laughs> just sequence. shut him down. Yeah, nope. completely nope. shut him down. Nope. He, he didn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's good acting. That show can do that. He just, it doesn't have to all be action-packed. You can just have a little intimate scene that way. And it just works with the through line of the show. I wanted to make it nonchalant, too. Like, I didn't want to be like over the top. Yeah, I did not want to make that over the top because... I think that's where the the small bit of like, you know, humor is at, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this guy doesn't know what to like, he just doesn't know how to be smooth. No, like, uh-uh. Most people in that role are going to be on their best behavior to win over the parents, but Kyler's like oblivious to it. Like, nah, I don't want this. And nah, I want some fish sticks. And, you know, he's like a little brat. He's like, what? Nah, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But you played it well and good job. Thank you. One more. And I don't know if this is even a big one, but... Uh, this might be the last time that I remember seeing Kyler, but when you guys were at the Canyon and you kind of got party jumped by the people that went there earlier and you roll up with your friends and you see Hawk and it's like, oh no, let's get out of here. And then you just yeah, bounced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that you had to play it that way, of course, like you're scared, but was that the last time that Kyler was on the show or am I, am I missing a scene? I think that was the last shoot of the entire season. Okay. And that was it. Season yeah. one. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was the last, not just for college, but for everyone. I think that was like one of the last few days in Atlanta. So like, um, yeah, it's, it was fun shooting that. Uh, we got to say our buys and everything. Definitely bittersweet moment. Yeah. Well, it also looked like a party besides you playing Kyler in that one bit moment, which is kind of nice to see the arc. We start with Kyler the bully to Kyler avoiding conflict with the kid he bullied. It was kind of a nice closure to that. But it also looks like a party. Like when you're not shooting, it looked like a fun kind of festive thing, much like the show, like a bunch of young kids together, teenagers, if you will. Had to be fun. Yeah. The production. Yeah. They did it like the art department they did it well like they added you know beach balls they had they had all the right things there to make it look like a party and that day was cold trust me it was <laughs> that no did look a little there cold that no day party at all it was freaking cold <laughs> but they made it warm by adding a lot of color yeah so credit to the art department the, the wardrobe because they just made the scene the scene come alive you know what i mean yeah it did it absolutely did yeah so i think to distract people from the lack of sunlight. They added sunlight from all the clothes and everything else. So it's definitely cool. And it didn't make me miss the ocean. Like it had that been in the Karate Kid, we would have been at the ocean. That would have been the beach. But I didn't miss it because they really made that kind of a cool area. I liked it. it was called the canyon. It was warm and inviting. So it really worked. It really worked well. As a purist, we're glad that you got, we got that You have my approval. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. All right. So lastly, Joe, I just got to pivot into your social media. A couple of things stood out and I want to bring up. And if you want to say your Instagram handle, by all means do. Sure. My Instagram is JoeJoeSeo, J-O-E-J-O-E-S-E-O. One of the first things that stood out was a Zoom read for What is Love? Yeah, that just happened. That actually just happened yesterday. And it's by these two amazing creators, uh, Joe Cabanaugh and Pyong, 
and they wrote up a story entitled what is love and it dives into a lot of drama and also romance and comedy wow so it's all three of those really combined and we had a read yesterday a zoom read and um the reception so far was that's great i wanted to be involved because the, sh the script was great um i thought it was refreshing i thought it wasn't cheesy uh so it was actually something great, you know, so hopefully this will fruit into something um, that we could see on Netflix or uh, and turned into a pilot or I don't know what they had in mind, but it's now out there and we kind of see like how this story can come out. What's your role in it? My role was Paul, okay. which is the protagonist in this film. And he's not like a, he's not a jerk. Okay. Like in Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's just the, he's just the guy. He, he's a writer and uh, he's just trying to find his, what love is to him, you know? And it, it's, it's fun. I think it's a really fun script and it de deals with family drama and it feels, deals with um, his own drama that he has to be a little bit more aware yeah. of what love is to him. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I, good luck with that. That sounds really exciting. Thank you. Thank you. It's funny Thank how you. you play Kyler. I'm getting to know you better now. Joe the person, Joe the actor. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that your sensibilities are just so not what Kyler is. In fact, I could see you doing more drama work. You seem to be, and lots of things. You seem very multifaceted, but I could definitely see you doing some good work in that genre, if you will. Thank you. Yeah, um, whatever they have out for me, I'm willing to transform, you know, that's my job as an actor. And um, yeah, Cobra Kai, I think has its merits. I, I think there's, for Kyler, is, especially for Kyler's character, I really, I enjoy it. There's charm in his character. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Underneath all that roughness. And also I wanna explore why he's like that, you know? And I wanna explore the reasons, like that's, that's something that I would love to see. And maybe for him, like, is there any hope that this guy could be someone that he could root for? Yeah. You know, like, I want to explore that as well. Uh, we'll see where the creators go with it. Yeah, hopefully the fans won't be disappointed. That's well said. Thanks for sharing that because that's something I wanted to ask you. Where do you see the character going? And the reason I mentioned that a minute ago is because you're not the type of person that's going to be typecast. You're not going to just be a bully forever. I think the role of Kyler is amazing. And I like your idea of exploring him more because when I watch the show, I want to see the other side. He's charming and intriguing. And I want to see if there's any good in him as well. Much like Cincy Crease. Although I've kind of written him off, to be honest. I don't know <laughs> if there's any good in that guy. But I haven't given up on Kyler yet. <laughs> So why Sensei Kreese has his charm. No, he's got his charm. I just don't trust yeah. him. You know, that's, that's the difference. Yeah. He's the definition of what Cobra is, right? Like totally snake. snake in the grass. Yeah. He's great. He's someone that, yeah. Enjoy working with as well. Oh. He's just amazing. Yeah, well, I loved seeing him pop up in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is an incredible movie. It's like, oh my God, there he is, Martin Cove. And what a role of a lifetime to revisit, much like Ralph Macchio and William Zabka. But Martin Cove was a small part of it, but yet his legend lived on as the Cobra Kai leader. Mm. And now he's back bigger than ever. It's really amazing to see. Gosh, the creators are great, right? Oh my gosh. They know how to press those buttons. Like, uh, they absolutely do. This. You thought it's going to be bad. Nope. <laughs> it's worse. Exactly.
All right. So next I see a movie that I'm very fond of. Also saw it in the theater when we could still go to movies. And I was raving about it before a lot of the accolades happened. And to me, it was my second favorite movie last year. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and you have Parasite. Oh my gosh. And I saw that you, you know, have a shout out there. How incredible of a movie is that? Gosh, I'm jealous. I'm so jealous to you know, like to be, I know director Pong Juno yep. is he, gosh, like ever since like um, Memories of a Murder, I watched that like maybe 10 times, you know, at least 10 times. And it's every time you're just done and then he makes something like Paris. I'm just like, yeah, of course he's going to make something like Parasite, <laughs> right, you know, but because right. we all knew, all, everyone in Asia knows, like, Hong is great, yeah. you know, like all his movies so far. Um, but Parasite, I thought it hit the right rhythm. I mean, like, timing was great. Like, Hollywood's having his you know, enlightenment movement, supposedly. We'll see. But it's, we're not there yet. But I thought this was a small token of appreciation of, like, a good piece of art just coming to the forefront, no matter what color is on screen, no matter what kind of language it's in. And to me, that speaks volumes. So um, it encourages me as an Asian American actor. So we'll see. Like, I would love to see Pongjino start creating more things like that is more supposedly token, like American, like Marvel. I would love to see him create something Marvel. You know, like, I know he would, probably paint a completely different picture or even dc and you know like i think it'll be great i think it'll be great for people to see different characters that we've all grew, grew up watching and then see them in a different light you know like a different vision and that's something we really need i feel like in hollywood um instead of this stereotypical okay, you know what's going to happen. You know how it's going to look. All right, the comedic timings, okay. You know, like, it's just so mundane. But I love what Bong Joon-ho did and the cadence in his filmmaking, editing, everything is just, yeah, it's just a piece of art. It really was. It was amazing to see it for that first time. It challenged me. It was so provocative, and I could not stop talking about it. And what an honor to become best picture wins the Oscar. Like, Absolutely. You know, huge. He said it best. Like, for him to be up there with Scorsese in that, at that level, yeah. oh, my gosh. I mean, for him, it must be, like, over the moon, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because those are idols that he have always dreamed about. Um, and now he's, like, at that level. And I'm so proud of him as a compatriot and, you know, as a, even just as a human being, yeah. maybe a few years back, he was, you know, was, was having a hard time. Like yeah. people that go into the arts, especially Asian Americans and Asians in general, is just you're shunned by your family. You're shunned by just a lot of people like that are close to you. So you really have to take that take that leap. You get what I mean? Like to be on your own. And for even for someone like Pung Jun Ho that you see, wow, he's great. He was always this great. No, there are times when he used to eat just ramen. You got you got like nine nine cents ramen like for dinner. And gosh, it, what a story, right? So um, that's some that's something that's super encouraging to me. And yeah, I would love to work with director Pong Juno and just make great art because I think more than yeah money in his films, it's the art aspect, which 
and captures everyone. Yeah. Well, put that on your vision board, Joe, because you've already oh, yeah. have all these things I can tell in motion and things you're looking for and just believe it, feel it. And someday you never know, man, he's only going to keep making movies. We know that. Like, in fact, after you win an Oscar, even more opportunity presents itself. So, Absolutely. And I can relate. Obviously, hardly anyone's at his level now, but we've all been struggling artists. Trust me. I understand the ramen meals. And even though I'm American, Irish American, but American, it was still not the choice my family wanted me to do. So even though I'm not, it's like, what is he doing? He's moving to California because he's got, okay. And then you have to have some success to some level of success. And then it's like, oh yeah, then they're your biggest cheerleaders. So I understand this journey quite well. Absolutely. For all the people going through the arts. Everybody. In America and everywhere else in the world. It's definitely tough, but yeah, just keep doing what you love, right? Love it. I love every minute of it. All right, last one, and this is a, a really high note for you, I believe, a high note for us both. How about those Los Angeles Dodgers? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Wow. Um, I was so stoked. I don't know if you saw There's a video. I was just going around my scooter. Yeah, I saw like fireworks going off everywhere. Is that the one? Oh, yeah, that's all live. Like, yeah, I, I, I was roaming around like with my scooter and – just filming people like right below Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Just hanging around the hall, like throughout like Sunset and Cesar Chavez, <laughs> like going up up to the Dodger Stadium area and it's coming back down, going through like it's it was surreal, man. Oh, surreal. Man. It was like, long I'm overdue. So happy. <laughs> oh yeah. I was so happy. Gosh. Yeah. How about this? The Lakers and the Dodgers in the year of the pandemic. It's crazy. I know. What a crazy bad but great year right insane <laughs> it could only happen in 2020 but i just gotta say joe it was an incredible pleasure to have you on today get to know you better talk about not just your career but other things just you as a person your ambitions your sensibilities how you view life a lot more than i expected oh thank you thank you jason hopefully people feel that way when they're watching season three <laughs> We shall see. Joe and Kyler, they deviate a little bit, uh, Joe, just uh, FYI. <laughs> yeah. A lot, right? Yeah, too quite a That's good <laughs> acting. That's good acting. Thank you. I'd love to check in sometime down the road, you know, maybe after season three, season four, who knows, other things that you're doing, but love to reconnect and see what you're up to. Cool, Jason. Thank you so much. Sal, that was so much fun meeting with Joe. I learned so much about him, and I'm hopeful that our audience did as well. And Jason, I'm proud of you for bringing up the fish sticks, which you and I <laughs> both know and love. I knew you would appreciate that scene, the classic dinner with the LaRussos, one of my favorites with Kyler. Well, super excited to see him in season three, Sal, and hopefully we'll see Kyler's role begin to blossom again like it did in season one. Well, yeah, because if you look at the trailer... He's standing in the back of Cobra Kai Dojo, almost looking like he's going to join or at least auditing. I mean, who knows what he's doing, but he's there in the dojo and Hawk sees him. So, yeah. See, to our listeners, uh, Jason is very professional. He is a pro. See, me, I would have asked, Joe, let me ask you off the record. Can you tell me this? Let me turn the <laughs> microphones off, you know, just between you and me. I want the scoop. But no, Jason is, is not like that. He he respects the, the privacy. Uh, he respects the... Uh, the spoilage, he doesn't go there. So yeah, you got an honest person when you're dealing with Jason Connell. <laughs> I appreciate that, Sal. You're pretty honest too. You're just, uh, you're just more nosy. I am nosy. 
I have those. <laughs> or maybe you just can't wait. You're, you can't control your enthusiasm and that's okay. That's okay. Well, I don't like knowing that people know things that I don't know. I want to know too. I just want to know. Well, I am super excited, as I know you are as well, for January 8th, and then all of our questions will be answered. Yeah. Well, thanks, Joe. Thanks for coming on the Let's Talk Cobra Kai podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow us on social media at Let's Talk Cobra Kai, and please message us if you have any comments or questions. If you'd like to become a Patreon supporter of the show, just search for Let's Talk Cobra Kai. And if you're just curious about our other shows, please visit JustCuriousMedia.com. No mercy.